Hey everybody, this is Editor Ashley speaking to you. Thank you so much for downloading the audio version of our podcast, but Candy and I would like to highly recommend you visit our YouTube page, Scandal Water Podcast, where you can watch the video version of this interview with Jack. His enthusiasm for all things Jurassic is truly contagious, and we thought it would bring you as much joy as it brought us. Cheers! Welcome to Scandal Water, where the tea is hot and the conversation lively. Your hosts, Candy and Ashley, will discuss a peculiar story somehow related to the entertainment industry. This podcast might not change the world, but it just might satisfy your thirst for an intriguing tale. Oh, it's that time of day. Tune in and hear what the ladies say. It's time to bend your ear when the silver screen appears. Stories about the stage and screen and everything in between. So come on and join the fun. The curtain opens in three, two, one. Stories and scandal water. It's where you need to be. Stories and scandal water. Let's pour you a cup. Hi, Candy. I am super excited today. We have a. I bet you are. I, I, I'm not sure how to say it, but like a Gigantosaurus episode planned for you guys. And and we have the special guest Jack. And we are just gonna hop right to this interview, if that's okay with you. Can't wait. Let's do it. Hello, Jack. Welcome to Scandal Water. We are very excited to have you back here to discuss Jurassic World Dominion. And for our friends who may not remember, Jack and his wife Emma were with us earlier in the year and they have a podcast called Pod of Tea that's very very wonderful. Actually, Emma does and you are a frequent guest of hers, correct? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she brings me on if she needs extra an extra person to bounce off of. <laughs> yes. And I'm very excited about tonight because as we discovered during that interview, you that you are not only are you another huge fan of Jurassic Park but you have also worked on the film in what capacity what capacity did you work on so uh since 2014 I've been working on the what's known as the viral marketing for the new movies so mm -hmm. uh, we work in universe each time we've created a website that is set in the universe of Jurassic so when you sit at your computer and you go on this website you have to pretend you're in the universe accessing a website that they would have access to all the characters and stuff so all the information has to be like correct yeah. as much as possible and um, and it's just a fun sort of uh for lack of a better term gimmick for the fans to to sit down and and like you know you play a video game or you will go watch the movies or something this is the internet version of that kind of thing and so yeah that's that's the wheelhouse we play in but we because it's in universe we have to work very closely with the director and the filmmakers and the and the and the canon you're going to hear me say the yeah. word canon a lot because yeah yeah <laughs> so what does canon mean for people who may not know okay so i believe it's a biblical term but it comes from uh, like the idea that they the actual story of jurassic and the world building uh -huh. And so, like, for, for one example, there was a video game. I'm going to go on a bit of a side tangent That's here. That's okay. It'll, it'll come back around. <laughs> You're with there friends. Was a video, there was a Jurassic Park video game come out in 2011 called Jurassic Park The Game okay. that was set during the same time period as the first film. And at the time, Universal Studios were saying that that was canon. 
with the movie so fans could play it and be like okay we've got to really think that this takes place in the when we watch the films we're thinking oh this is happening at the same time okay did they get everything right no <laughs> and then Jurassic World came out and retconned it so took it out of canon and and it's not canon anymore and that can happen a lot. Movies uh -huh. do this all the time as well. Even movies, a sequel will come out and it retcons something from a previous movie, but it gets a bit complicated because they're still canon. So it's like- Right, it's it, like it, Spider-Man, you know, the alternate universe where Gwen Stacy's his girlfriend in one and MJ is his girlfriend yes. in another one. They're mm -hmm. both kind of canon. Yeah, they're and it gets stories. confusing when things overlap and they contradict and stuff. But I just want to, say this at the beginning of this interview so everyone knows this going forward I obviously I work heavily in the Jurassic canon I've yeah. been studying it for years I'm not perfect at it perfect at it like no one is um there's still things I learn uh, I'm learning about it but it's just basically like the core storyline and 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 the the mythos the okay. behind the films you watch so so how did you get this job with Jurassic World you don't just walk um, into it. Okay, do, do you want to hear the shorter version summed up or uh, in a nutshell, or do you want to hear like the, the really interesting? I want to hear the I'm, really I know interesting. I'm pitching, I'm pitching it. Okay, but it's, it's interesting, but it's long-winded. That's all right. Okay, so I got my job at working on the Jurassic canon and with the films and everything because a friend of mine, or who wasn't at the time, because I didn't even know him, uh -huh. broke his arm. That's how it all came about. Yeah. So obviously I, I was, I went and saw the first film at the cinema when I was four years old. Too young, saw that but that's was, okay. <laughs> four years old, 1993, I'm watching the first film. My mind is blown. It's like, I'm one of those people that, it, you know, when they people say it's like their Star Wars. It was yes. Like, the film yes. came out and just defined an entire generation. That I was, was for me. I, me too. I was 13, but me too. And uh, it was at this little little tiny cinema on the east coast of the UK which funny enough last Saturday I took my granddad to to go who's just turned 80 to go see the new one to bring uh -huh. it full circle yeah so, and I hadn't yeah. been in that cinema for years and it smelt the same it looked the same it had so, not changed it since so you went four. to so you went to the same cinema to see this last one that you did the first one so did I I went to the oh, amazing one and I told Brian I was like you know I went to see the original in this cinema okay keep going oh, that's awesome been a fan since I was four years old. Grew up, played with all the toys. Um, but then when Jurassic Park 3 came out in 2001, my that was the first one I came out of the cinema. I was a bit disappointed with it. I was mm -hmm. like, yeah, I like it, but it wasn't really my cup of tea. And then like Jurassic took a big break hiatus for 14 right. years. Right. Build up to Jurassic World at the time, it's called Jurassic Park 4. They announced a guy called Colin Trevorrow, who was mm -hmm. going to be the director of the new film. They'd been through, there'd been so much news over the years. And there was a point where we all thought it was going to not happen. But they announced this new director. And then I was at the time living in London. And I was like, do you know what? This podcast thing was becoming a thing. So I was yeah. like, I'm going to listen to podcasts when I'm going to work. And I was like, I wonder if anyone's done any Jurassic Park podcasts. So I look up Jurassic Park podcasts. And the first one I come across is one called Jurassic Cast. And it was run by a guy called Sam Phillips. And he started that podcast when he broke his arm and he was recovering and he just put Jurassic Park on. He hadn't watched it in years himself. He was a fan just like me when he was a kid, but he took that break. He watched and he went, oh, you know what? I've got some things to say about this. And so he just started it just, you know, on a whim. Around that time, I went home and from London to visit my mum. 
and she uh, had gotten all my old toys all everything out of the attic and was like what do you want to do with this stuff and I was like well I'm glad you kept it like yeah (laughs) and there was like a lot there there was like so much stuff and I got it all out and I spread it across my room and I made a video for YouTube because I thought it'd be quite interesting and to go down the nostalgia rabbit hole and I recorded a video called My Jurassic Park Collection, which is still on YouTube to this day. It got quite popular because I was talking about like why this action figure is missing an arm or why <laughs> this one's like missing his face or this dinosaur's painted a different color. And people seem to love it. One of the people who watched that video was Sam, who ran Jurassic Cast. So I'm listening to his podcast and I get an email off him and he's like, uh, Mr. Jack Evans, he gets my names wrong. He's like, Mr. Jack (laughs) Evans, uh, do do you mind coming on the podcast? I want to talk about your collection. Yeah. So I get I get this email and they announce the director at the same time. And I'm working at a bar in London and we have a lock in and it's about four in the morning. and I've had a few too many drinks. And I thought, you know what, just for a laugh, I'm just going to send a tweet to the director. saying, Do you want to come on the podcast with us? you know for laugh and I'll say no spoilers you can come on just give us your relationship to this franchise to to the fans directly you hadn't even been on the podcast yet you just no, t- I hadn't been on the podcast yet. <laughs> you I just, just did it. tweeted it so yeah <laughs> I just did it for laugh but he said yes so he he dm'd me and was like yes uh, I'll come on the podcast and bear in mind he'd never done any interviews with magazines tv nothing after oh, being announced wow. so the first people he came to was you coming into this franchise and he's a fan himself the director yeah, yeah. he was like I need to talk to the fans so you came to us. Luckily, fortunately, I was just at the right place, right time, right, right amount of drinks to, to have the confidence <laughs> to do it. Yes. So then I messaged Sam, who runs Jurassic Cast, and I said, uh, I'm coming on your podcast, but I'm bringing the director with me. The new <laughs> and he's like, no, you're not. And I was like, yeah, so I showed him. And then so we had Colin on. We had the interview. It did very well. Uh, obviously, it was the first exclusive interview done about Jurassic. So it made a lot of uh, yeah. lot waves. Then a person, another fan in Australia called Tim Glover, was listening to the podcast because we did it for Jurassic Cast, and then he uh, saw saw my artwork and stuff I did online. He reached out to me. We started working together on some like little fan projects, and then in Jurassic World, the movie, if you remember, there's a character called Simon Masrani. He's the guy yes. who runs the park. Yes. Okay. So in an early script of Jurassic Park Four, he was known as Patel. Like they had, he had a different name. Uh-huh. That name leaked out online, and Tim and I were just working together at the same time. Tim was like into web design. So he goes, do you want to make a website where we just do like the Patel Corporation's website for a laugh? Like we've yeah. got his name. We've got, we can, we can just design you know, it, convince, design it. And at the time I didn't like the idea of an open theme park. I thought, you know, they've done that. Well, they didn't do it. It's like, didn't open, but right. I didn't know how it worked. So I used this opportunity with Tim. I was like, yeah, actually I can write the backstory and sell that idea to myself. Cause I'll come up with the ideas yeah. that I like. Yeah, we make this website, we release it, and some fans cotton onto it and start spreading it around. And they come to us going, "Did you work on this?" I'm like, "No, no. I'm like <laughs> keeping the secret, keeping yeah. it like in universe." No, I don't know who made this website. It looks like a legit thing. And then eventually, IGN caught it, and the director saw it again, and he already knew who you were. Well, he didn't know who was behind the website until they found oh. out, and then he was like, "Oh, I know this guy." Yeah. And then we got an email in April of 2014 from Universal reaching out to us to be like, "Do you want to work on the actual official campaign?" Oh now, at the God. time, it was just me, Tim, and a guy called Manuel, who's a, a digital 
animator uh, from Spain. We didn't know him until he was brought onto Jurassic this time. And that we worked on Jurassic World's marketing. It was called masraniglobal.com. And then they gave us all the official access. I got to read the script, do all that sort of stuff. Oh, we built the website out. That did really well. And then for Fallen Kingdoms marketing, when we're doing the Dinosaur Protection Group website, yes, yes. I brought Sam from Jurassic Cast into the fray. Like I just went like, you, you started, like he couldn't come in because of contracts and legal stuff at the first yeah. one. But I brought him in for the last next two campaigns and he now works for our company. So that's so cool. Because he broke his arm and did a podcast. That is so cool. I did my collection video. Yeah, that's right place, right time. That's how we did it. And it's a lot of luck, but we did a lot of research. That's the long-winded version, but that's how we got to where we are today. And now what we've done with the new one, Dino Tracker, I still can't believe we've got to do what we got to do for that one. So, so what is that? I don't a... know what that is. Okay, so... For the new movie, obviously dinosaurs have been sold yeah. globally. A majority of them have escaped into North North America. Yeah, uh, the DNA and embryos have been sold, all that sort of stuff, and new mm -hmm. clones are popping up. So if you go to the website and your listeners go to the website dinotracker.com, it's like an interactive global website where people, fake people, send in their sightings of dinosaurs around the world. And you've got, <laughs> so we were tasked with making phone clips of people seeing dinosaurs. So the ILM who make the dinosaurs sent us, we sent a wish list of dinosaurs we wanted to use. They pretty much sent them every single one that we asked for, which was amazing. And some of the old ones as well from the previous films. Yeah. We made videos of like people spotting a triceratops in the middle of the road and they get their phone <laughs> out and they're like, oh my God, and it walks across the road. So we had to animate it and I did the sound and we filmed them all ourselves. So is that like wrote, at the top of the movie where they have the cell phone interactions in the top of this film? Had COVID not been a thing, I think we would have, have probably had some stuff in there. Mm. But um, because of COVID, things got messed up. I mean, okay. we had set visits and everything to go cool. to. Uh, COVID messed everyone up. Oh, you didn't um, get to go? Or you didn't? No, no. We, we went to Fallen Kingdoms uh, okay. sets when that was happening, but not the new one. We're still really thankful for what we got to yeah. do. We're, we're still working on some stuff right now to do okay. with it because it's a continuing campaign and yeah and we've even got to write scripts for like the cast members because the dino tracker website has a link to a twitter account which is the dino tracker twitter like in universe Ooh. twitter and on there we've got videos of like jeff goldblum sam neil laura dern <laughs> saying lines that we wrote and then they've got clips <laughs> that we've made of dinosaurs so we've gone from humble fans yes back in the day who thought we'd never do this to making our own mini Jurassic Park movies like in wow. universe footage and that so it's been it's been a really insane year for us this time it's astonishing time that's amazing <clears throat> the, the campaigns have been interesting because with Masrani Global we didn't do any dinosaurs it was all text on screen some pictures mm. of the characters all that sort of stuff and the dinosaurs were more hidden Mm -hmm. dinosaur protection group got to use images of the dinosaurs and all that and then this time we're actually making videos and making our own dinosaurs come to life so and they pretty much signed off everything we did like we just they just gave us free reign they were like go have fun with it and see what you can Amazing. come up with and almost everything we sent them got through one of the most crucial ones that got through we were really praying got through which uh, one made it uh one involving the jurassic park free velociraptors which haven't been seen since the third movie mm -hmm. we just love those raptors and the ones that say alan yeah yeah those <laughs> ones <laughs> yeah and there's one currently in the works right now that i'm like 
please get through please get through because certain someone might make a cameo in it so. Ooh, cool <laughs> um, yeah. very cool although i just had a quick follow-up question i'm so impressed i mean obviously the fact that as you said you move from humble fan to someone who's now actually like interacting with and kind of affecting the world that you know that that's been built that's super cool but i'm also impressed by your technical know-how yes is this something that you were trained to do or have you like learned this along the way? The the team we work with is made up of very different talented people. So like I head the company that we've uh, established at Chronicle Media and Chaos Fear and Myth is known by name in the fandom. <laughs> I won't even get into that. It's like a whole different scale of fish. Okay. But, um, but I, I headed the campaign this time. Tim was busy working because Tim's like the co-founder as well, me and mm-hmm. Tim. Um, Tim was busy with something else so this time around he, we both did the last two campaigns together in unison um, and headed those together but this time it was like he sort of passed the buck to me a bit more this time obviously I have an extensive knowledge of Jurassic but at the same time like I said I don't know everything and the fans teach me a lot of stuff so I talk to them all the time and I watch almost pretty much everything they put out on YouTube and yeah. podcasts and stuff because I want to hear what they what they think about a certain subject because then that means if I start writing a bit of text for the canon I might be able to like answer some questions oh. or quell some worries or yeah. um, or directly put something that they have wanted to see for ages into canon and I, and I do I didn't know I was a sound designer until this campaign because I've been doing all the sounds for the videos so I've been taking all the dinosaur sounds and trying to make it sound as real as possible because this is meant to be phone footage so right right you have to bear in mind it's not meant to be like so the movies they they even though the, the effects look amazing the film's glossy looking Mm-hmm. they color grade it they add like all these effects and make it look really clean and sleek and and even though it looks real what we're creating is like raw mm. footage that you would have on your phone that there's right. no gloss and it's like right. it has to look as real as possible and also has to sound as real so I didn't realize I was quite the sound designer because <laughs> I've been doing that and that's been a lot of fun then Manuel who I mentioned before was brought on he's the CG artist and he's the guy who's been solely animating all these dinosaurs oh gosh so he's a genius some members of our team like for example there's a guy on our team called Ross who's an old school friend of mine that's best friends with him for years I brought him into our company for Fallen Kingdom he went out into the woods at night and just filmed this like Blair Witch type video where he's like lost in the woods and you can hear something out there and then he turns and screams and then Manuel added this juvenile allosaurus because I picked picked the juvenile allosaurus because I was like let's see a baby be really like horrible (laughs) and this juvenile allosaurus comes out of the darkness and just takes this person out and but I didn't see the footage I just said oh just let's just use that dinosaur and they went off and did that together so Ross filmed it and then they sent me the footage with no sound on so I had to add dinosaur sounds in but like that's when I become a fan because I'm watching their video and I'm like oh this is so cool like (laughs) watching it play out and we can see that on dinotracker.com yeah it's all live right now so you can go on there and and, okay I know what I'm doing tonight (laughs) yeah we and there's even um not to get too too deep because in in our campaigns all three of them we've been telling like a sub story for the deep real deep fans like mm-hmm. so you go into like all the reports on dinosaur protection group and all the stuff in the sap in Maserani global in this website it's more just the sightings but there's like secret pins hidden on the map and when you highlight the text 
there's there's like invisible links appear and you can click and it opens up like leaked documents from Biosyn and it goes deep so awesome there's like a one I can tell you just right now which isn't too much of a spoiler because you've seen the film yeah in the movie they're being chased by these uh they're not dinosaurs they're I think I think oh my god the paleo nerd's gonna go nuts here synapsids that live in the cave so they're, they're closer related to mammals than they are dinosaurs even though everyone thinks they're dinosaurs those four-legged things with a big sail on their back like grunting yeah. everyone's fighting them off in the cave yeah well, Maisie she picks up a human skull and throws it at them in on our website there's a document like one of the leaked documents of biasin is about a creature lost in the tunnels and there's a maintenance guy who's gone missing and it's like that's his oh, skull. oh that's his like, skull <laughs> yeah okay. so it's like it's little like ties like that but you can read the document on our website and you'll be like oh i wonder what creature that is even though they don't name it and then when you watch the film you're like oh i think i know that was the guy that went missing stuff like that that we've been doing um, that's, that's, that's all hidden genius. on the website yeah there's there's many layers so you've got like the the top layer is all the sightings right on top and then you've got like the leaked documents the layer underneath and there's there's so many easter eggs on the website i wouldn't even begin to go down that path and then obviously the twitter is another layer you go onto the twitter and there's a whole different kettle of fish on there which oh that's gonna be so adds fun to this world yeah that's that's basically where we're at right now but, but in terms of like the speciality like i didn't go to university i've been once described as autodidactic i've been like learning this all by myself wow. training myself like learn photoshop myself doing yeah. stuff and yeah it's, i i'd like to credit my teacher but that's me so I, can't really do that. <laughs> so, I don't want to blow my own trumpet but it's, it's taken years to like learn this stuff and obviously if you would have gone back in time to when I was a kid and said guess what you'll be doing in the future I'd be like no way and yeah. then it'd be like well this is what it took to get there and then I'd show them the work and it'd be like oh my god that was that's that's a lot of work yeah it is so yeah but it's paid yeah. off that's, yeah yes it's paid off this is all you do when you say I work from home this is your job I would assume. No, no. I um. So I work for Chronicle Media. I'm the head of the studio. So Chronicle's this digital collectibles company online, uh-huh. and uh, and all the collectibles are designed and and stuff in house, and I run all that. So okay, so that's um, totally that's separate. Tim's company. Yeah, it's a whole different company. Although oh, Chronicle wow. Media was subcontracted by Universal to work on these videos. Okay. But yeah, so that's a whole different company run by Tim, who I worked with on Jurassic, and he was the guy once he set this company up and said Jack do you want to come work for us so we're connecting uh, that way so we're sort of helping each other up you know each time mm-hmm. we go so now I've done the Jurassic stuff that's done fantastically well so Tim's like yeah we can incorporate that into what we're doing and, yeah. and how cool is it that his name is Tim does he have like the human piece of toast as his bio <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is so impressive, but kind of backing up for just a minute, you mentioned taking Mm. your grandpa to see the film. Was that your first time seeing the new movie or had you already seen it before you took him? I did see the film a year ago. Mm -hmm. It was an early cut of the movie. Can't go too much into it, but the director invited, because he lives in the UK. He's become, he's American, but he's since become a British citizen. Okay. He, lives, he probably lives about three hours drive from where I live, but he, he's close to Pinewood Studios, which is where they shoot all the big movies now. Um, okay. now they shot like the James Bond and the Alien movies there as well oh um, back in the day. But that's uh, it was a place called Shepparton Studios. And uh, they were, I, I emailed him because I talked to the director quite often. Mm-hmm. I emailed him just saying like, oh, if you're going to show the movie early, do you want some fan eyes on it? And I can give you some feedback. And so he's like, hey, I've got four tickets. Do you want to come down? And it was like a week later. He loves so you. We went, <laughs> so we went and saw the film saw what we saw yeah and bear in mind we we'd been we'd been told the entire plot by him yeah about, about a year before that as well yeah um, in prep but then obviously 
COVID messed everything up. So we had to sit on what we knew he told us for a while. And then we see the film and we give our feedback. And I had a two hour long phone call with, with him afterwards, like a Skype call where we just uh, talked about like my thoughts, my theories, what I didn't yeah. like, what I thought worked and all that sort of stuff. I could tell you one little thing in a minute about that. But that was when I saw the film. And then if you saw the film last night or recently... She you know, saw it last the- night. I saw it... Uh... Friday. Okay, okay. So imagine seeing that film and then you're not allowed to talk about it for a year. <laughs> I can't That's imagine what, where we were at. I was like, and uh, as a fan, I was like, I had to keep my mouth shut. And the only people I could talk to were the other two, uh, well, three friends of mine who came with me, but we all had already had the big discussion about it. So we were like, oh, itching. Mm-hmm. But then the next time I would see it was at the premiere in LA on the 6th. So I was over there for that okay. uh, last week. And then I've seen it. I saw it once with my family as soon as I got back because my nephew. Uh, oh, he was dying, I bet. called Charlie. Oh, he's a huge Jurassic nerd. He's actually in one of the sighting videos. There's Aww. one I set in my hometown. It's a baryonyx sleeping by a swimming pool. Okay, I'm gonna. You'll write it see down. it when you see it. That's my whole family in the, in the video, and oh, that's um, awesome. they're all like filming it with their cameras. Like, oh my god, what is that? <laughs> but little Charlie's in there, so I went and saw it with him. And then the day after, I took my granddad. So I've seen it four times in total. Oh my god! Wow, you know this movie. Yeah, and yeah. I am planning a fifth. I do want to go see it a fifth <laughs> time. From your first secretive seeing of it, your 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 preview, did it change? I mean, did they take that feedback and actually change things? Yeah, did before? they listen to you? Yes, they did. I can't really talk about sure. what we saw right, that's right. not in the cup sure one one thing i can say though is i haven't watched the credits so i have no idea if i have a credit for this i don't oh think i hope I do you do because I it's uh, do. i don't think i do because it's something so stupid one of my feedbacks was the whole scene in malta and by the way spoilers for anyone listening to oh this, yeah we'll put this up yes yeah so in the new movie they're in malta or they arrive in malta and owen and claire meet up with an old friend called barry Mm-hmm. And in the cut we saw, they, they do that and then they go off on their adventure across Malta and the whole time they're holding their fingers to their ears talking to each other. And it's a bugbear of mine in movies because I was like, I know they have little mics in there, but we were never see we never saw them yeah. get given them. So it looks really lazy. It looks like, like they're running around and the actors are just holding their ears and there's nothing yeah. there. Yeah. There's nothing tangible for the audience to grip onto. And this was a bugbear of mine. I'm not like a huge fan of the series, but like the Avengers movies, right at the beginning of the Avengers movies, they had these like big mics. They'd all talk to each other like these little things. And then by the time you get to the newer ones, the actors are just holding their ears with their fingers because you just assume they've got tiny little mics in there. That's fine because they added like a progression. In this film, where Jurassic's never really done that kind of action movie yeah. type thing before, it's a whole new genre for it to step into. I wish we could have seen the ear mics. And the director was like, oh, we did shoot a shot of Barry giving them the ear mics. Oh. He's like, it's like 17 seconds long. I'll put it back in. I'm watching the cut and there it is. And I'm like, thank you. And it's <laughs> something so nice. small, so stupid, but it made me really happy. I was like, that just makes all the difference because it, it makes does. the whole holding the ear thing mm-hmm. not seem so stupid and ridiculous. So I love yeah, that. that's one thing we were, uh, the feedback we gave. So made a little bit of a change there. You're I right. It gives it gives a reason for them to be doing this. Otherwise, you would ask that, and you don't want yeah, to be, be asking like, well, that question. How are they communicating with each other? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> we love the behind the scenes stories. Thank you for sharing that one. We're also a little starstruck, or at least I am. Do you have any other behind the scenes stories that you could share with us? Like maybe some involving the actors, or like at the premiere, were you there with like Jeff Goldblum, or any you know anything that you might want to share that'd be a little interesting? I don't want to brag too much, but I have got quite a few. So it's like, do I <laughs> can't say them all. 
but Jeff Goldblum, unfortunately, I, he has eluded me every single time because mm. the Fallen Kingdom premiere, uh, I couldn't get to him because it was like this VI, he was over in this VIP section. Like it may be VIP, VIP section. Right. But the premiere just gone. Uh, they all had a, a screening in New York they had to get to. So as soon as the film was finished, everyone came out for the after party. The main cast, like the the actual all the big names, just disappeared. Oh. Except for the director, who who was going to be at that same screening, but he's a he's a beast, so he stuck around, talked to us all, and had his uh, had his night of celebration. But like a lot of characters uh, and actors and stuff, I've met. We met BD Wong, who plays Wu. Yeah. Uh, which I, I was really happy to meet because obviously he's he's one of the staple characters. Yeah, he's, has he been, he's been in more movies than most of them. Than, yeah, than most of them. Yeah. Even though he's been like a bit part in, yeah. in a lot of them. Big actor I had a good, really long conversation with at the last premiere was um, Campbell Scott, who plays the villain Dodson. Yeah. Very long conversation. And I know you're recording this and, I, and I'm assuming it's going to be like audio only for everyone listening. We may put it on our YouTube. We might put it on YouTube. Yeah. So we'll okay. see you. So I'll say this. You haven't been on the website yet, but when we got to the after party playing behind the bars there's a few bars dotted around you know with free drinks they were playing videos of our website you probably can't uh, see it what? they had a they had our website huge behind the bar repeating so the one i just showed you was the pool video of the baronet and i'm standing uh, i'm standing there talking to the guy who played dodson and i look over and there's my family and i just went and he was like what did you do on it then like did you, you work behind that? the scenes i was like no we made this and i i explained it to him and he was so impressed. I've actually got a video on my phone of like, I'm filming again, like later on in the night. I'm like too impressed. I'm like, I've got to film this for my family. So I'm filming it and I turn the camera and he sees what I'm doing. And obviously was impressed. He walks past and he's like this, like clapping. And I'm like, hey. and I'm like, hey, Lewis Dodson gives me the, gives me the thumbs up. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> but yeah, that's just a little story from the new premiere. But yeah, the, a lot uh, that, I could talk about but I don't want to bore the listeners too much by <laughs> well, that's a wonderful story and how yes. just I don't know full circle and enriching and just proud mm -hmm. so well I fun. said right at the beginning in 2014 when I I was invited to Universal's offices in London to read yeah. the script yeah and I was sat there and I was like I'm holding the script for Jurassic Park 4 and you have to bear in mind like as a fan I'd waited 14 years yeah. for this movie I didn't even know in 2008 when Michael Crichton and Stan Winston died I remember that the producer Kathleen Kennedy at the time went on many interviews saying that they don't think they're ever going to continue Jurassic. They think it's done because how can you continue how it on you? from here? And, and we know that they were in production hell for years. So there was a point where I thought it's, it was done. And I was like, you know, okay, that is what it is. But then I was sitting there in this office, read it, like holding the script. And I was like, okay, they said you only have one read. And when you read a script, it takes about the same length as the runtime of the movie to read. Yes. Yes. So a two hour movie, it should take two hours to read. Yes. So I read the script. And, it, and even in that point, I even said, I went, if this is it, I just get to read the script and I leave and work doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, I'll die happy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like as a fan. Because yeah. out of all the fans in the world, how, why me kind of thing. Wow. Um, but then now to do what we've done and what we've achieved, it's, uh, I, mean, I mean, the director has said in interviews that we're not fans anymore, we're partners. And it's mm. like, I still uh -huh. feel like the fan. So like, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't quite resonate. But um, yeah, we've, we've, we'll see what the future holds. I mean, we, we can prove to them now that we can make dinosaur movies. So it's, that's one thing that I'm hoping we can lean in on in the future. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if they're expanding this Jurassic universe, it's like if they want a found footage movie or something. They, I think you'd be to. the perfect person for that. 
And I don't know, you, you're selling yourself short. I mean, you seem like the perfect fan to get this opportunity. I, I don't, I'm not jealous at all. I'm happy for you. I'm like, this guy really earned this. This is amazing. Well, every, like, that's why I like to talk to the fans though, because I said to Tim, when we were brought on for Maserani Global, the first thing I said to Tim, once we got the email and, and, and everything was signed, like we signed, literally signed the contract. So we were in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I said to Tim, the insane responsibility we have, because they're asking us to build the world of Jurassic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they're because you watch the movies, like let's take everything we've worked on out of the picture for a second and just take the movies. There's a lot of unanswered questions. Yeah. Oh, There's yeah. a lot of details where you're like, well, what's this? What's that? Yeah. Like, what, what, yeah. what does this mean? Like, why are they not talking about that island? That kind of thing. That our websites and a lot of the fans out there really lean into our work heavily but what they don't realize or some of them realize that they've actually built it it. with us because that's why I talk to them that's why I listen to podcasts I'm like I'm like listening to what they want and I'm like okay where's the middle ground so we can make the least amount of fans upset (laughs) you know because we know what the director's vision is and nothing stopping that train because you know directors and and the film studio have set budget they've already signed off on stuff it's happening no matter what some things can change in in the production I've got a little story about that like the ear mic thing yeah but even in terms of canon as well but like the 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 websites were designed and the director obviously sat down with us and was like you guys are going to be setting the world up for the fans before they go see the movie so you're like laying the carpet out for the movie to then walk down that's the idea um so i said to tim the responsibility for that is i can't even fathom it out of all the millions of jurassic fans in the world it's like we were the ones picked so the right ones well yeah i'll leave that for you said it i didn't but well, I did, and I, I will say it probably. I have here. I have a question for you. Speaking of an unanswered question, here's one I had when I was watching it. Where in the world did Dodson find that Barbasol can? Did he go? You have to wait. You have to wait. Okay, so in the fans first out one... there, no, no, fans out there who know me, okay, know that I'm not a fan of this series. But there is a Netflix animated series called Camp Cretaceous. Okay, yes, I've heard of that. That is that is considered canon by Universal. Okay. So we have to respect it when we write stuff. Okay. Personally speaking, now I'm not talking for Universal, I'm not talking for our company. Clear. For me, don't like the show. Okay. Okay, but the fifth series is coming out in July. Okay, it explains that. The answer's going to be in there. Okay, because when he had that, I was like, dude, that was clearly <laughs> covered with mud. Unless you went to the island and knew exactly where he yeah, yeah, crashed, yeah. you would never find yeah. that. And bear in mind, I have no idea, even though I'm a canon consultant and yeah, work yeah. on this, I have no idea what they're doing in that season because okay. that's a different side of the company entirely. Yeah. So I have no idea what to expect. I just know that that's going to be answered in there. And that's already public knowledge, by the way. I'm not breaking okay. any yeah, yeah. It just, yeah. I think it was today they released an interview about it. So yeah. Ah. Um, where they they mentioned that but do you want to hear my my head cannon so yes like, if you've ever what heard you the term happened? head cannon yeah what do i think happened i think the can he picks up in dominion is a prototype oh. and he's just sent a, he's just sentimental oh. about like this is where i began and he's just like but it's I, he's dirty. sentimental about it it's rusty well it's old just normal it's rust. years old gotcha okay. yeah just normal rust that's my head okay. cannon gotcha because i can't i yeah I don't want to get in too much trouble with Universal if they ever heard this interview. No, no, we don't want you to. We want you to stay with them. We love them. As a fan, because I am a fan. That's the thing. I'm a fan of this franchise as well. So I have my own thoughts and feelings. Piggybacking on that. Listening to you talk, Jack, I'm so impressed by the fact that you're a, a super fan, but 
you're so invested that you're being called a partner on one hand with the people who are creating this. But on the other hand, you're so in tune with the fans and what the fans know and what the fans feel. It's interesting. You're almost like a liaison in some ways. Yeah. It sounds like. But with all that in mind, I'm going to throw a hard question at you. Do it. How satisfied are you with the way that they um, kind of concluded the storylines for both the Legacy cast and the Jurassic World cast? I loved it because it's so out of left field. And I'm I'm a person who loves getting straight to the point. Okay. I hate riffraff. So like when Owen, for example, meets Alan Grant, he's like, you trained raptors. And, and Owen's like, uh, yeah, yeah. And then it's like, of course, they would be talking about that, but they don't go into it too much. Okay. The the director does simple. It's not simple as in like bad for me anyway. I think some people might disagree, but it's simple in its genius. Like he he's always written like this. So he says Owen goes up to Alan Grant. I'm using this specific example. Owen goes up to Alan Grant and he says, "Hey, I I listened to your oh I I read your book. Well, book on tape. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> the reason he the, the the fact that he says book on tape leads me to believe that it was before he even had the job at Jurassic World. Because it was on like tape. he was young and. He he was mm. listening to it on tape and that's what inspired him to be mm. to go to go in the oh, he's in the navy and then he you know trained dolphins or whatever was in the backstory and then he goes off to Jurassic World but like to me that just expands the universe in your mind with just a couple of words gotcha. and it's like and it they don't, they don't need to have like this whole exposition of like him them sitting down and discussing it in intricate detail that one yeah. sentence of oh I listened to your book yeah book on tape and then he's like oh yeah you're Owen Grady you worked at Jurassic World and then Malcolm comes and goes Jurassic World not a fan <laughs> instantly just gets everything out of the way without yeah. um relying on boring the audience too much yeah yeah so that that's what I love about the the new film and and my favorite aspect of the new film is actually the locusts because really? it's so out of left mm, because it's so out of left field uh -huh. and it feels like something that Michael Crichton the guy who created this whole universe would yeah. have written he wrote a book called Prey which is all about nanobots going through the air like locusts so yeah reminded me of that but also if this is the conclusion of the Jurassic era I like that it began with them extracting dinosaur DNA from a bug mm -hmm. and then the conclusion is the bugs are the problem now <laughs> like oh. the, the dinosaurs are a problem in their own right but the yeah. bugs are now presenting like oh okay we really messed up with these things so. oh. and now they're yeah, injecting it into the bugs to cure they took it out yes. to start and now they're injecting it to cure the problem exactly so it, mm. it's like a, a weird like twist on everything mm -hmm. and yeah. um it's funny you say that because i'm just gonna i'm gonna get on a really nerdy point here okay go for it there's a there's an old jurassic park 4 script that you can find online i think it's on jurassicoutpost.com which is like its big fan website there's a script for Jurassic Park 4 written back in 2004, so during the Lowell period. It's one of those ones that involves like dinosaurs with human DNA mixed in them. But there's this whole, uh, it starts with John Hammond and he's like, I need you. He talks to a character called uh, Nick Harris, which would eventually become Owen Grady. Oh. Um, and Nick Harris is tasked with going to Isla Nublar to find that can. And so Hammond can grow a load of dinosaurs with a pathogen in them to go and breed with the other dinosaurs to eradicate them, which is what they <laughs> plan to do with the locusts in the new Interesting. film. Interesting. And this is why I love the franchise. Regardless of how good or bad a film is, this is what I said in my review, mm -hmm. regardless of how good or bad a film is, the fan in me is more fascinated with how ideas that I thought were dead come back up 20 years later 
Yeah, this mm -hmm. is what I wanted to ask you about. You mentioned in that review, is that the lost script that you're talking about where something like Steven Spielberg had ideas for a Raptor trainer? Is, is yeah, it all that um, in the script? Yeah, so if you if you read the John Sayles script, it's fun, by the way. It's not Jurassic Park in the slightest. Like, okay. it's, it's, it's ridiculous. You know, you've got dinosaurs parachuting out of a plane <laughs> at one point and they've got guns fixed to them and stuff. It's ridiculous. But yeah, you can see where we could have nearly gone completely wrong. But at the same <laughs> same time it's a fun read like in its own right it's a it's a it's a fun read but but when you read that script it's got a guy training for Veloc uh Dionicus but they're basically Velociraptors okay um he's training them they've all got names oh no actually it's five of them it's Achilles Perseus oh, I can't remember this is name. why you're the number one fan Jack you even know two of their names <laughs> yeah well, I did a video on my YouTube channel uh, all about the history of Jurassic Park 4 and I go into it but that's ah. where I got it from memory but anyway he's training raptors there's a scene where they he gets kidnapped and taken to a castle in the European mountains. And you've got this whole storyline of John Hammond wanting to create this pathogen thing. So you watch the Jurassic World trilogy, the new films. Mm -hmm. You have a guy training raptors. Mm -hmm. In the second film, Fallen Kingdom, you have a big castle setting with mm -hmm. dinosaurs in a basement, which is the same as that script. And then in the new one, you have the Biosyn Valley set in Europe with this whole pathogen thing. So you can see ideas from this script being dripped into the new film, but like completely changed. Uh, mm -hmm. But they but they're still got the core, like you know, set in Italy or you know, castle type setting and that. So that's where my like brain, my nerd brain goes. So I'm like, how? I was like watching it. I was like, oh, I'm noticing things from that script I read years ago. It's like it's fascinating <laughs> how that just lingers for ages. Yeah. And but I get that now because with the website we've worked on, there's a video. It's an Easter egg on the website which if, if you want me to go into it, I can. But there's a video that we made in 2018, which we, we which I made with Manuel, the animator, years ago. And I looked at it and I was like, this is so good. I'm going to not release this at all until we have it in official canon. Because I do wow. not, I could have just released it then and there. We could have had some fun showing fans like our ideas of like, yeah. what if, but we held on to it for this long. And then we got to release it on this website this time. And it's official. Cool. it's got the official stamp of approval from Universal nice. and the director and stuff. So. I am going to start an online campaign that you get to direct this and make this script into a movie. Why not? If it's something fun, it could be like the Sharknado version of Jurassic Park. If they've got the, they've got this. I, I have an version. idea. I have an idea. I don't want to go into it too much because obviously I don't want to sell my idea. Sure. And someone steal it because yeah, that's yeah. the nature of Hollywood. But my idea is imagine, have you seen the movie Hot Fuzz? Yes. Okay. Imagine Hot Fuzz meets Jaws. And that's all I'm going to say. Oh it's like it's like <laughs> something happening in a little British English town and yeah. no one there knows how to handle this dinosaur <laughs> but we have we have an idea me and Tim have written scripts before in the past it's just finding that right moment to, to, to pitch it to, to pitch it but also like not not seem too desperate or ridiculous because you're a lot not of desperate people... or ridiculous you have proven yourself you need to talk to your friend Colin <laughs> well maybe I have but the yeah it, it's the idea of like you want to put the idea out there but when you don't want to go too crazy because they think in like the studio producers think in numbers mm -hmm. they're thinking how much is it going to cost mm -hmm. right. like mm -hmm. well, how are we going to market this who's going to be in it how much is yeah. the actor going to cost that's what they're thinking so when you sell the idea it's got to be just the right idea the right log right line yeah yep. and so far holding back on stuff for the right moment we've done that quite well so far so touch wood that continues so good yeah okay 
Well, we'll leave that topic so you don't have to spoil your stuff. This is my question after seeing Dominion in just talking the first one, just Jurassic Park versus mm-hmm. Jurassic World Dominion and comparing the two sets of child actors. So Lex and Tim and Maisie, mm-hmm. not talking about her being a clone, just just a just a child. To me, they had completely different temperaments. We had Lex and Tim seemed, of course, Tim with his small size, he was already vulnerable, but they seemed more innocent, more vulnerable, mm-hmm. more when they were in peril, you just, your heart just sort of wanted them to be okay. And they were always the ones in trouble. They were always at the center of the thing. Mm-hmm. With Maisie, to me, she seemed more emotionally wounded, which could have been from the cloning, but the, or petulant and kind of trapped by circumstance. But she was more mature. She's roughly the same age Lex was. I think she's 14. And how old was Lex? Was she 12 or 14? 12. 12. So they're eh, a few years apart. How do you feel about the two kids? Do you feel like Maisie was vulnerable at all? Or do you feel like as a reflection of kids in 1993 versus kids in whenever this is supposed to be set? What year is this? 2024? 2022. every, Every Jurassic film, it comes out in the year it's set okay. in even though like in 2015 there's like holograms and whatever you know okay. it's like an alternate universe but it's set yeah in the years my thoughts on that are this so i'll start with Maisie. Mm-hmm. obviously you said excluding the clone stuff it's very yeah. hard to get away from that okay. um, but also if you watch fallen kingdom where we're introduced to her yeah she's on her own yeah in that big mansion and she likes to play hide and seek. She knows all the ins and outs of that mm-hmm. house. Like she's crawling through vents and she knows how to get around the house. And she's mm-hmm. very, there's a bit where she pokes a key out from the door and it lands on a bit of paper. And then she slides it out just so she can escape from her room. So she's very like she's on her own. Mm-hmm. She's very independent and, and does everything herself, which you can't blame her because she's been locked in that big castle pretty much all her life. And then you see in the new film, it's like a progression of that. She's trapped in this tiny little log cabin and right. she's, she's getting sassy. Um, just a side note just a side note my friend sam who run jurassic cast who's now part of our team he has a daughter who's 14 and he said the most realistic thing in that whole movie is Maisie, because he said because he said the way she talks because she's got the accent as well he was like it just sounds like my daughter talking to me back talking to me he's like at the beginning he was like he was like that's the most realistic thing and even said it to the director he was like most realistic thing you put in that movie all the special effects like you're that Maisie's character for him anyway yeah um my daughter's too young so I'll learn that probably later on down the line <laughs> but then to go to Lex and Tim the reason I think they are so vulnerable is uh-huh. because it's they're they're tied to Grant's character about how he's learning to want to have children and, and mm-hmm. that progression obviously mm-hmm. later films retcon his yeah uh, progression i'm I'm so upset about that but that's a different (laughs) that's a whole different topic but like if you take the first film on its own the story the main character is grant and you're following him and his arc is overcoming he Mm -hmm. has to be protective of these children Mm -hmm. and he gets lost in the jungle with them and they rely on him and obviously beginning of the film he doesn't like children right so for for tim and lex to both be these vulnerable characters i think plays into that Mm -hmm. because if they were like Maisie, he wouldn't be he wouldn't so, be needed yeah yeah he wouldn't be needed as much but there's a whole uh i've seen videos online where people go into like you know when lex says like he left us he left us like but that's in not the what tunnel, i'm gonna do and it's not what i'm gonna do there's two layers to that there's she's saying he left us because janeiro got out the car and ran to the toilet but it's also their parents are going through a yeah. divorce 
and her dad. So is she talking about her dad? And there's Mm -hmm. like different layers. Mm -hmm. But then obviously you get to the end of the film, and the kids have to depend on themselves in the kitchen. Kitchen. Yeah. And it's just as terrifying. Yeah. (laughs) But then Lex, this is the only part of the first film where I'm like, it gets a. This is where like the cheese comes in, and I'm like, I don't know why more people don't remember this part. But like Lex suddenly just drops all her fears and becomes this hacker. Yeah. I mean, a rap it's a, the it's door, a and I'm like, system. I know this. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like two lines of dialogue earlier on in the film set up that she likes computers. One, yeah. she got excited by the touch screen, and one, she says she was a hacker earlier on. That's mm-hmm. it. That's mm-hmm. all you're foreshadowing for her suddenly being like, I'm not scared anymore. I'll yeah. get to the computer. Nineties <laughs> <laughs> hacker stuff. So it's like, so she does take control uh, a bit there. They're two different characters, but I can mm-hmm. see why Maisie is the sort of right character for the kids who grew up with Jurassic World. So like they, okay. they Jurassic World was their first film uh-huh. and then they and then they get to Fort uh, Dominion and they're a little bit more grown up. Maybe they're 14 years old. Now like I can I can relate to this character. So mm. I think that's where it is. It comes from whereas when I was four years old, Tim, I was like jealous of Tim. I was like, oh you get to go around this park and see dinosaurs and that. yeah. But, yeah, so I think it's probably like, right about like the whole decade difference. There is, there is, is there. Mm. Yeah, because when I saw it as a 13 year old, I was, uh, you know, she was, if she was 12, we were the same age and I really identified with her. I mean, I, ha- I wasn't a hacker, but I had that same kind of absolute abject terror about this stuff. So I put myself in her shoes and I think the kids today are more, I don't know. I mean, they seem to be more like Maisie where they're more because of the technology they are more world weary and and internet yeah yeah independent Mm. so i just wanted your thoughts on that what you thought about the difference i was just gonna say but i will say that Maisie is my favorite kid character in all of the movies really even more than like yeah yeah because Mm. i just i just love the whole like her her being a clone Mm -hmm. aspect because it's so dark and and like interesting and then the new film because when Fallen Kingdom came out, everyone thought that when they revealed the clone plot, everyone thought she was going to be like, if you've ever seen the film Alien Resurrection, but like she was going to be like, you know, this clone human in a glass tube, like like Frankenstein's <laughs> monster or something. <laughs> it's like, oh, she was grown in a lab. But when you get to Dominion, you learn how actually really grounded and organic and realistic it is where it was someone who wanted to be a mum who knew they were on death's door, you know, didn't have time to date and do all that sort of stuff. So it's like, but they wanted to prove a, a scientific experiment as well to like bring a new era of positive genetic engineering to the world mm-hmm. and, and wanted to be a mother. And I love that. It was like, that was so much more heartwarming, but like kind of sinister as well. Cause you're like, you're giving birth to yourself. It's yeah. Like, it's like, it's creepy. It's creepy. Yeah, it creepy. But, it, but, but it was more tangible. Like you could, it was like reminded me of the first film where they make you believe that they can clone dinosaurs mm-hmm. from uh, DNA from amber. This one made me believe that someone could actually clone themselves mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. the way they were talking about it and the actors and stuff. So yeah, that's why Maisie's my favorite character because she's got so much, so so much going on as a yeah. character. But like in the first film, you still have the family unit. I mean, Maisie mm-hmm. overcomes her independence and she realizes how much she does appreciate. She recognizes them as her parents and that connection I think is reaffirmed at the end of the story, which in a way I think mirrors what we saw 
mm-hmm. in there Jurassic or would you guys disagree yeah, yeah. with no you are 100% right that is completely correct yeah because the whole movie she's like you're not my mother and then yeah mm-hmm. and she's like and then she says uh, it's Caesar my parents mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah. that got to me <laughs> it's being a new dad it's being a yeah. new dad like, and especially when I when I saw the film at the early preview last year there's that bit where she's got the uh, Charlotte Lockwood has Maisie on her lap yes and my daughter just looked exactly like her so I was like oh. I was going I was getting choked up I was like oh no reminded me of my baby <laughs> so my other question for you as far as a what do you think about this is it's I think it's baffling there is a controversy on whether or not Ellie and Alan were actually a couple in that first film because people are like why are they together now and I'm like what do you mean to me she like called idea. him she called him honey they were holding hands they were talking about having children together they filmed the delete they filmed the scene where they kiss yeah there's a picture of it online you yes can, you can see no one's seen the footage but there's a shot of them kissing on they uh, were clearly yeah. a couple and mm-hmm. it, yeah she the says, first time you see him she's putting a scarf around his neck and then they put their arms around each other he says uh, something like baby or something what are those they're tiny versions of adults honey she calls him honey you don't call your buddy honey yeah. so that's baffling to me so and and also i was disappointed that well i was disappointed in jurassic park 3 because they broke them up I thought, why, why would you do this? These two people clearly adore each other, loved each other. Do you have any any insight into why they broke these two characters up? Because he was clearly ready to be a dad by the end of Jurassic Park. Uh, it's funny uh, you bring this up because I just finished reading the visual history, the ultimate visual history. I bought of that Park. too because you you told me. Okay, to buy so that. they yeah. do they do mention the reasons why in there, but okay. uh, so I'm going from memory. Okay. They wanted to break it up because I think the director wanted it to be more like, it's more realistic that they're like not together, that their trauma has sort of like caused them to go like, Ellie's gone to go down the family route and write books in a quiet Washington home. And Grant's gone back to the field to go to what he what he loves. And so I think the director was like, I, I think, you know, when they're sitting at the dinner table in the third film, and he's like, you know, do you remember the sounds they made? And she's like, I try not to. Like, mm-hmm. it's one of those things where like the trauma was a bit too mm-hmm. much for them. So that's why they parted ways, which I can see. But, mm-hmm. but, and this is a big pet peeve of mine with the Jurassic movies. It's like, because they wrote divorce in the first film with Tim and Lex's parents, there's so much divorce in this series. Yeah, it's just nice is. if there was like a couple who lasted. Yeah. Like just, just a nice story. The only ones we have are from memory, the Kirby's from the third one. Cause at the end of the, they're, they're already divorced, but I think they get yeah, back together. They the get back together. Film. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the parents in Jurassic World, the kids find out their parents are getting divorced. And I think by the end of the film, it's sort of just assumed they're getting sort of together. Thing, yeah, maybe but no not. one's ever been confirmed. Uh-huh. So now by the end of this Dominion, I'm like, yes, finally, some families, <laughs> some yes. actual families have yes. found love and they're not beating around the bush anymore. They're together. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. good, good, right. Not, you don't have to do that all the time, but like it to keep, because it'd be unrealistic. But at mm-hmm. the same time, it's like, I didn't mind Alan and Ellie they could have been together. It wouldn't have bothered me because I wouldn't have known any different when it came out. Yeah. But when I was little, it didn't bother me too much. It bothered me more when I got older, as I just yeah. said, because of that reason. But now they've split up Ellie and Mark from the third film. And I'm like, that's another divorce <laughs> to add to the pile. <laughs> that's, not a divo- but, that's not a divorce. That yeah, was but a plot device. It's yeah. worth it because they didn't they didn't just have it a throwaway comment. Like, so this is what I wouldn't have liked in Dominion if they went this route. Grant and Ellie are just together and they mentioned that they broke she broke up with Mark and then they're just together like yeah, a yeah. couple inst- instantly right yeah. from the outset yeah like how Ellie and Mark were in the third film 
Mm -hmm. So I like that Dominion's story for those characters is them learning to get back together. Yeah. yeah. There's only there's only one detail that I would have changed if I was uh, in charge and I had Ooh. all the elements that Colin had. Well, that disposal. was one of our questions, so please. Yes, tell us. Okay, okay. So it's a minute detail, but I think it, it it's an important one. And obviously fans think like this all the time, like, oh, I wish I had this, this. Mm -hmm. but okay, so in every Jurassic movie we see Grant at his dig site, he always talks about how funding is drying up. Yeah. And it's like, well, you'd think by Dominion timeline the, the if he's still digging the funding hasn't dried up he's right. obviously been looking elsewhere for the you think he should be like there should be no money left by that point but anyway so jurassic park you know it makes sense hammond's funding his dig site so he goes off the island the third one he says that they're gonna have to shut down because no one's since everyone's found out about the dinosaurs paleontology sort of taking a nosedive because they're like hey dinosaurs are out there now why are we digging up bones i think they, they even mention that in the movie and then you get to this one and he even says to ellie oh the funding Funding's drying up, so we have to get these students in. The thing I would have changed is I would have made it so now dinosaurs are global. Yeah. Paleontology is booming because yeah. people want to know about these animals and they're fascinated by them. If they're going to have to live with them, it's like we better learn everything we can about them. Mm -hmm. And I think what that would have also done is there's a line later on in the film where Ellie says, I thought you were happy, Grant. And he's like, no, I wasn't. Yeah. It would have emphasized her thinking that he was happy if right. she turned up and he was in his element. Like he had all the funding at his disposal. Uh, he had all the the latest technology to do it and that and so that would give that facade or that mask on grant it like look like he's happy and ellie's like oh you're doing really well for yourself and he's like yeah yeah since the dinosaurs are going out you know, I, like doing that. Really well. I actually thought it would have been the opposite you know but they said he they did the classic like well funding's drying up again i'm like he just copy in the first film I'm like no stop stop mm -hmm. mix it up change it mm -hmm. it's a minute thing but i think for that line later on where she says i thought you were happy it would have been really important that makes mm -hmm. a lot of sense i like your idea yeah. a lot i was really convinced that Lex was going to be in the movie because of all of her Instagram posts and stuff and then she wasn't and I was telling Candy I feel like they could have at least alluded to them where when she says you don't have kids and he says no but he could have had a throwaway line but I still talk to people I consider my I don't even know how I would write it but you could have Lex and Tim mentioned where he has kept in touch with them or he yeah. has been a because surrogate they father him, like a father thing, yeah, yeah he's been the surrogate mm. father and then even going further I was like well what if what if Alan Grant went and married their mother and he's their stepfather and then they broke up and now him and Ellie <laughs> get together you know just some way to get mm. Lex and Tim so we know what happened to them that's yeah, like I, one thing I was disappointed like well what happened to them we know what the actors are doing but what did specifically Lex and Tim deal with and the last the last we saw of them was in the lost world yeah where they had that little cameo yeah that was it and then that's it yeah so I have no idea what they're doing and it's funny because Tim was like obsessed with dinosaurs so you'd think mm -hmm. he would he, he could have, have even been working with point. Alan they could have been colleagues mm. That'd the thing is, like, now they've opened up the Jurassic universe. Why don't you write that movie? Interest. Write me a movie about Lex and Tim. <laughs> <laughs> well, in my hot fuzz uh, Jaws idea, maybe I could get Tim in there. Yes. That would be, be good. Like, yeah. I would love it. Uh, it's, it's whether Joseph Mazzello is available. Uh, why, would he, why would he not want to do this? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I would know. think yeah, even would. I would come out, if I was her, I'd come out of retirement to do this. Mm. <laughs> so Jack, to follow up, since you kind of, you know, already introduced that idea of this one change you would make in terms of the relationship with Grant and Ellie. If you were in charge, are there any other changes you would make to the movie? Oh yeah, there, there's many. 
there is that's the problem with being like a creative person it's like you see someone else's vision i absolutely i wouldn't change colin's vision at all i i yeah. love it i think it's yeah. great obviously i say in my review like no movie's perfect even the first yeah. one's not perfect like i talk about it. the first one was a cultural milestone because of the effects but like the movie itself like if you took that away from it it's not like a perfect movie but that's the same for all of them and i and i'm more fascinated as i said about the behind the scenes stuff but if i was to change stuff okay so here's a little rundown of my nerdy things i would change okay no. obviously the alan alan digs i would be doing really well that's yeah. number one yeah. yes okay number two there's the i'd have a bit more t-rex there's a mm. they did a dry i don't know if you saw the jurassic world prologue which is on youtube yes i was okay I, after the movie was over i thought wait a minute why didn't they start the movie with that that's super cool the uh the drive-in sequence where the yeah, t-rex is yeah. having drone that that did open the cut we saw previously the mosasaurus boat stuff was not in it at all that sort of gave you a hint of like oh we saw the t-rex at the beginning then we see it get captured then it fights mm-hmm. the giganotosaurus over the deer and then it has the end fight mm-hmm. um, but i would have i would put that t-rex drive-in thing at the start me too but the deer sequence because they mentioned they took dinosaurs from isla sauna the, the one from the second and third movies yeah all the fans have been crying about seeing the spinosaurus again you know that big bad one with the sail that killed a t-rex yeah i would have to establish the new big bad dinosaur i would have had the spinosaurus come out to get that deer and then the giga comes out and just kicks the, the spinosaurus's <laughs> ass so then audiences go that thing killed a t-rex and now that thing is scared of that thing so like what can yeah. that do like yeah. that kind that kind of levels and plus it would have been a fan nod to be like hey look the spinosaurus is back yeah or at least living there that's just a, like a little geeky thing a couple of lines of dialogue i'd probably cut out mm. i'd probably cut out the the coffee guy coffee guy. The, the, yeah. the barista grant's like talking to this barista oh yeah and, and it's like a joke about like do you want do you want a macchiato your voice is rising and it's funny but at the because same he time, doesn't I'm do like... technology so it just shows that grant is and he doesn't know what a dm yeah. is he slid into my dms and he's like what's that it's just like see grant's <laughs> yeah. still in the in the yeah. stone age all that stuff i didn't mind it was just the coffee person because because it's so i don't know because it's so like true to like people i know in my home city who work at like starbucks and stuff mm-hmm. it's so realistic it just took me out of it i was like uh, i was like oh i just don't, i don't want to see bob who I know down in, starbucks. <laughs> like in, in a jurassic park movie i figured it'd just be funnier if there's a way i can see it in the movie there's a way of editing it so you, you don't mm-hmm. need him in at all it's when he turns the machine on because malcolm walks up and says what he wants i bet goes, bob Shh. would disagree with you bob oh. probably loves that he's in that movie oh of course the actor is very lucky yeah. very lucky and i wish him all the best yes but, yeah but in my cut i wouldn't have yeah. had him in there sorry bob just yeah plus i think it distracts a little bit from the seriousness of malcolm yeah telling yeah. ellie and telling ellie that you know something is seriously going on here aside from that not much else okay ah, emma emma's just turned up hello emma oh, we're almost to her question anyway oh, we're almost to your question pull up a pew hi emma I'll uh, pass my headphones over when you ask Emma's question. Well, on the flip side, we just talked about some dialogue, some lines you might cut. What about a favorite line, or it could be a favorite scene? This is just off the top of my head straight away. I absolutely love the scene, and it actually ties into both. The scene where Dodson fires Malcolm, okay, and then Malcolm goes on that big tirade about like how you know, (laughs) you know, they give you so many promotions, you start to not question about like what's behind that door and Mm -hmm, stuff. mm -hmm. But it's when, as soon as he gets fired, is that when I saw it the first time I was laughing my head off 
because I didn't expect this line of dialogue to be in a Jurassic movie. That's why it's just Malcolm turning and going, this really was a cushy gig. It's <laughs> <laughs> just something about him, like, really liking it. He was working it He's like, yeah, this really was a cushy gig. But he, like, he knew it was going to... It, it was, was going like, to end. Yeah, it was yeah. going to end at some point. Um, I just really love that line. And then that whole scene, but to when he clashes, mm-hmm. and especially when he does that point at Dodson, he's like, that's it. And then he walks out. It's like, oh, that I think that's from the Lost World novel. He does something like, I could be oh. wrong about that, but... Yeah, it's like a, it just felt so Jurassic. Mm-hmm. And because Jeff Goblin wears the glasses, the dark tinted glasses, he, aside from his silver hair, he does not look old. No. And I was just watching yeah. it in the cinema and I was like, I feel like a kid again. Like I'm watching I know. A, a new Jurassic Park movie. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It took me right back to that scene and the guy and the jacket. Was just so good. And the yes, jacket. the jacket. He had a Everything jacket about on. it was great. It was. But then just seeing the old and new cast together, I don't know how that needs to be up there somewhere. Just their mm-hmm. whole interaction. And it's like a dream come true seeing those two worlds collide after all this time. So, yeah. And the yeah. score coming up behind them at that one point. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lovely. <sighs> okay. It's time for Emma's question. All right. right. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> it really was a cushy gig. Okay. <laughs> nice to see Bye you. Bye. <laughs> okay so emma our question for you is how has this whole jurassic affected your life <laughs> i mean it even made it into our our wedding my wedding speech <laughs> it did what did you say oh, i, I just well, i said i had no idea how much it would be in my life we uh-huh. yeah we walked back down the aisle to my um friend charlotte who's a composer sort of rearranged the mu- the theme tune and that's what we walked back down the aisle to it, can i add something oh, there uh, yeah it yes. wasn't the jurassic park theme tune it okay. wasn't like the duh, 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 because <laughs> okay. i knew that would be too obvious no okay. no no it, it was it was the, it, it was the <laughs> jurassic world end credits music so people who didn't know wouldn't pick up that it's jurassic <gasps> but for me and, and oh. i was like yeah i know this is from jurassic it's like a subtle score. It's called uh, As the Jurassic World Turns. It's like a, it's a different tune. It's one of the new ones. Yeah. But yeah, that, yeah. very much, very much a big part. I, I watched the film when I was younger. You know, mm-hmm. I probably watched it whenever it came on telly. It was like a good film that always came on around Christmas and stuff mm-hmm. on television. So I always watched that. But yeah, I had no idea. But it was like one of the first things I knew about Jack when I first met you. It's <laughs> because you would come out. You just knew so much about dinosaurs well, there's also like a detail because when we were first dating the new jurassic wasn't announced or anything no you just like so i was i was sort of like i didn't know it at the time but i was at the tail end of my like break from jurassic from when i was a kid like i mm-hmm. thought about it and i liked it and i did watch the films regularly but i wasn't talking about it nowhere near as enough because there wasn't really anything to talk about right. and, and then i but, made i yeah. made a collection video and that, because they re-released jurassic park in the cinema because it was coming out blu-ray mm. and that's when it like went Boom. I think so where we are today your level of someone not talking about Jurassic Park much is not the same <laughs> no 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 <laughs> yes. yeah. yeah let's <laughs> But that is true. That is true. Like, you know, you'd watched it multiple, like I have probably haven't seen it for a few years and you're like, well, you know, I watched it a couple of weeks ago. I'll probably watch it again and I go, that yeah. sort of thing. But it was more dinosaurs, I think. And then, but then I had no idea that it would turn into like work for you, which was, I mean, n- neither of us did, did we? So mm. that was, that was quite magical when that happened. Mm. When did you get married? 14th of May, 2017. So you were not working for them yet. You started working the next year right 2018 is when you started working or he started yeah. working i'd done one campaign i did Maserani global in 2015 before 2015. we got 
married. And then when yeah, and then it, 2013. it started before we got married because we were living in London. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because um, we were living in a little studio flat in London, and Jack was working at a cinema. Uh-huh. And I remember because you came home and you went, "I've got this email from someone saying they're from Universal. It's got to be a scam, right?" And I was like, "Yeah, definitely." <laughs> And then we googled it, and then we were like, "It was a guy called Dylan Dylan Bridges. It's Jeff Bridges' nephew." Yeah, what? So many ties. Um, He sounds and looks exactly like Jeff Bridges from the eighties. Like it's crazy. Oh my god! Yeah. So we looked him up, and I was like, "He's Bosun." Actually, real. Yeah, Bosun. Yeah, yeah. It's still here, and Daphne now loves dinosaurs. So. (laughs) Oh yeah, I sent Emma a video just tonight. I don't know if you watched. I have watched it. She was walking up and down the bar, splashing her legs. She's got dino <laughs> DNA. Doing it and I was like, okay. She has got dino DNA. Yeah. And I was like, what are you doing? She was like, big dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually have one more question for Emma. Emma, what was it like going to a big LA premiere? Yeah. I didn't I didn't go. I haven't didn't been. Get to go? No, I haven't been to any of them. Well, like we did discuss us go, going to this one. But Daphne's very, it was quite oh. a, a sort of last minutely organized thing. Daphne doesn't even have a passport yet. Oh, and okay. we just thought it was, and then we wouldn't be able to take it. It would be too complicated. So the only premiere I've been to was Madrid, which was for the second movie. Mm. And that's because we live so close to Madrid. Mm-hmm. Um, when you were told that you could get tickets to it, we literally were sat in a caravan site in England. <laughs> It's caravan site. We're like, should we go to Madrid in three days? Yeah, why not? <laughs> Always. Holiday already. Yeah. And then we're like, in a week's time, we should. We'll go, we'll go to Madrid. Madrid. The, we nearly missed our flight. I wanted you. Yeah. I want, obviously wanted you to come to every single one, but the yeah. tickets are so lucrative that they only dish out a certain number. Yeah. And they're like, well, your team, whoever's on your team, is on the list, but then like no yeah. one else. But the Madrid one was more open season. Like, yeah. Like, oh yeah, we got loads of tickets. Do you want? Do you want to come? So I was like, Emma, you're going. But yeah. what did we didn't. You, did, did you tell? Them about it yeah i haven't told them this story yet but we didn't realize that the film was going to be in spanish with no subtitles so and i <laughs> haven't seen the film yet nor had emma so we're sitting there guessing Manuel, who does all our animations he's spanish he's so spanish. he was loving it he was like yeah i get it this is great he's like you're in my world now so like then, everyone there was spanish and there's a there's like a few of the british crew were there and stuff but we were watching it and we had like what are they talking there about? was like <laughs> the opening scene when you first see chris pratt he's singing and it's like the shot of the back of him and then so, but it, it opened with a Spanish man singing and it just looks so, it was so fun everyone laughed it was so funny, <laughs> it was so funny. and then but the only bit of the film I just remember there's the bit where they're all stood outside the house and everyone in suits is going buenas noches buenas noches I was like I know what you're saying <laughs> but yeah. it was very it was very easy to follow there wasn't it yeah the film very the visual yeah the film's not overly complicated so you can yeah yeah like, you can guess visuals you can understand what's happening oh they're selling dinosaurs in cages like yeah I get it there's a volcano that but like all the intricate details in the dialogue was like <laughs> and that one funny enough that film they didn't let us read the script for it so I so you didn't had even no know idea no clue. all the intricacies of the plot so oh yeah that they were really hush hush on that one with you guys but they took us to the set and they showed us around and we wrote lines for the for the cast and we got to, I got to change stuff in the movie with Colin like adding in the mention of sauna yeah and all that sort of stuff you couldn't read the script but <laughs> what we asked for it and they said yeah, yeah we'll get yeah. it to you but they never got the script I remember so, I remember yeah. mm. <laughs> a lot of guesswork on that one yeah <laughs> so my, my experience of an LA premiere was with um, a toddler in the UK <laughs> who got a tummy bug so <laughs> far less glamorous than Jack.
<laughs> if I ever make a movie, I'll invite you to the party. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I just so appreciate sweet. that. Maybe. That's so kind. So kind. You'll get one of the tickets. <laughs> yeah, watch. <laughs> I'll pass the headphones back. Pass Here we go. Hello. Hello again. So my fairly well, I think it's my last question, is what predictions do you have for where the Jurassic Park franchise is going to go next? Do you think they're going to keep going? Or if you, what would you do if you can't answer, if you do know, but you can't answer, what would you do? Obviously, what I would do is okay. my idea that I have yeah. for a script. Yeah. That would be the thing I'd do. But yeah. that aside, if obviously if that's off the table, I genuinely would take another 15 year break. Really? I'd let it, I'd let it settle and let another generation grow up without it to then reintroduce to kids later on down the line and let mm. the six films that we have garner more of a following because I think a lot of these films especially the new one critics critics have always been massively harsh on the sequels for Jurassic mm-hmm. whereas but they but the films are always insanely popular with audiences mm-hmm. and then the fans of Jurassic and you can trust me on when I say this they know how everything links up and they understand like something so when the locusts get introduced for something it's not surprising to the fans but like gotcha. for the critics they're like I thought this was a dinosaur movie it's like gotcha. it's a genetic engineering movie like it's <laughs> dinosaurs are a big part of it that kind of thing mm-hmm. so I think to let people let it let the dust settle and let people watch go back and watch these movies and let them settle and fall into the cultural zeitgeist a bit more have a break that's what I think do I think Universal is going to do that <laughs> no way no way they are, they are my prediction is that the new film's going to make a lot of money mm-hmm. and then they're going to be because they've opened up the Jurassic universe Mm-hmm. they're going to be like looking at live action TV shows mm-hmm. for Peacock Camp Cretaceous the animated show has proven that that's popular so they're probably going to make another series of that mm-hmm. and then there'll be mo- another movie on the cards but whether the movie is going to be a theatrical release thing or if it's going to be a streaming only thing mm-hmm. that's where I'm like I don't know because yeah. the world of movies is kind of changing I hear the phrase online get thrown around a lot and I kind of agree with it that movie theatres cinemas are becoming like just Disney superhero showcases yes. rather than you, you don't go to the cinema anymore to watch like low lower budget movies mm-hmm. anymore Mm-mm. like I remember this is going to sound really random I remember <laughs> going to see a film called Letters to Juliet which is like a oh yeah romantic comedy yes. with Amanda Seinfeld I freed mm-hmm. yeah I think I was with a group of friends at the time we all went and saw it I don't think you'd ever go see a film like that anymore at the cinema that would be mm-hmm. like a Netflix only yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. you don't go see films like that at the cinema they're only mm-hmm. big massive spectacle right. movies that spent like 200 million dollars on them that's the thing and i don't know if jurassic will do that as the that was my follow-up is because continue. of the, the marvel movies cost so much but they're doing those in phases what's preventing them from doing that with jurassic movies and saying i mean the special effects are you're making dinosaurs but those those are special effects too so why not why do you think they haven't embraced the i can i, I have a theory that i think okay might be correct on that i think the reason they haven't done that yet yeah it's because they're trying to it's the genre Jurassic's like always stuck in this box of like mm-hmm. you have to hit these certain beats you know you have to have your dinosaurs you have to have your the the characters we know and love now they've sort of like ended it it's like where do you go from here mm-hmm. my personal theory as I said to you with my 
hot fuzz meets jaws idea don't worry i haven't told them the idea <laughs> i just said that only is uh you change you genre break so for example there's a film called sea biscuit about horse yeah racing. yeah, yeah. Ima- that imagine that here. and someone's like racing dinosaurs but, oh, but i love the it plot is, the plot is about that and then obviously you have a scene in there where something happens that's unique to dinosaurs not horses that like yeah. they break out or something yeah. you know or a carnivore comes in and causes some havoc but you have basically a racing plot with dinosaurs or you have a, a horror film that involves a dinosaur and you can you can then cater to the older fans who want that sort of hard-hitting r-rated movie mm. and then you can make the kid-friendly movies that's, that's what they could do they could just genre break they can go it, we're no longer trapped by the islands we're no longer trapped by especially the, since they've the introduced it into the whole world now exactly they, yeah. they could do that it's whether or not the studio is willing enough to risk the name and do that because it's a big risk because once you do that like they say in the movies you can never put it back in the box mm. right, right you'd never be able to go back and and do the jurassic park again unless it's like a specific story that you're telling which you know we have ideas for but it's yeah it's one of those things where that's where i think it sits at the moment it's like in limbo they're seeing how good dominion does i, I think still think it'll be another movie. well yeah it's already had like the biggest weekend opening that's not a superhero movie since before the pandemic or something like it's oh, wow. ridiculous yeah i want to go down the list of what i wrote down is what i think are the nods and i just did it from memory so we saw the film i've only seen the film once and i came home and brian and i were like okay what do we think were the nods to just jurassic park and here's my list you can tell me if i missed them or if i got them right and they're not in order of the film because like i said it's just just from memory so i have ellie's clothing salmon and blue that's a nod grant's hat ian's shades and his jacket Mm -hmm. how ellie stands and takes off her glasses looking at the locusts you know she does that whole open mouth thing ellie seeing a triceratops the flare and the brontosaurus brachiosaurus like bringing you know having Mm -hmm. to move it with the flare and also i was like oh there she is see she made it she's fine it's her she made it (laughs) ian and the flare he saved the day this time so he's got the very end he's got the the thing and he's waving it the same way but he managed to save the day where before he got knocked out i cannot remember this lady's name she's the new one what is the pilot's character name what is her name kayla watts kayla k kayla she is running and screaming like lex at one point she's like doing the ah and running across that little bridge thing so i thought that was a nod to lex they pulled the cage together like in the kitchen her and owen Mm -hmm. were in the little Mm -hmm. cage thing and they pulled it together rexy walking past the circle making the icon at the end even brian saw that we were like oh look at there she is she made the icon so we thought that was cool ian buttoning his top button Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's a great moment. <laughs> yeah, I thought this one was a little iffy. The Jeep teetering, like the fact that they're in the Jeep and it tumbles, you know, like with Tim. And, and you could just say a car rolling over, but that happens in almost all these movies. Yeah, yeah. So I thought but, that, uh, that one had the question mark. The T-Rex saving the day. She always has to save the day. And this one, the leg, there was, I forget who it was. I just wrote down the leg getting pulled out of the way at the last second. Like when Lex is in up in the, up in the stuff, they pull her leg up at the last second and the the dinosaur sorry it's in the boat in malta owen pulls him up and the dinosaur tries to bite his leg yeah yeah 
the two girls go and shut down all the power, which mm-hmm. Ellie did before. They talk via the walkies in the control room. And I don't remember if they were on the same channel or not. I don't know. But they, she said, I'm on channel five or something. So that was mm-hmm. the same. Ellie actually saying, I'm coming with you on the way to the control room. She says that in Jurassic Park. She yeah. goes, I'm mm-hmm. coming with you. And then Claire's hairstyle in Italy is Ellie's hairstyle. It's like the- she That I did not notice. I, I'm assuming. That, that was my guess. I was like, oh, she's got Ooh. the same hairstyle. I need to go. Italy. I need to go back and watch that. Yeah, well, on yeah, your next view. So did I get all of the ones that you noticed or did I miss any? You got more, I think, than I noticed and some that I didn't even pick up on that are definitely nods. Like when Kayla's running and they shut yes, up. Yes. The, yeah, that's obviously what they were doing. Yeah, it's yeah. like, why would you design a door that goes like this? <laughs> yes. Like you'd no be one like does. that, right? Yeah, and the way she yeah. just was yelling like, oh, I was like, oh, that's Lex's yell. I know that yell. That's there's, what there's I'm lo- There's nods to all the sequels in this movie. Okay. Like, all, all, all one of them are in there. The, one of the big ones is for fans is there's a shot where Owen and Kayla are looking for Claire and they see the deer blood on a fern leaf. Yeah. And the camera ling- lingers on it. And it's exactly the same as in The Lost World when Sarah rubs the baby T Rex blood on You're the fern. You're right. You're yeah, right. Yeah. It's like there's things like that where like the camera lingers on it. You're like, that's a nod to. Yeah. You know. Okay. Yeah. But that was just so. doing Jurassic Park because I rewatched Jurassic Park for the uh, blah, blah, blah time. And then we saw this a couple of days later and I was like, okay, it's fresh in my head. But even Brian's like, you don't need to rewatch it. Why are you rewatching it? <laughs> You know it already. You could recite this whole thing. So that's mm-hmm. cool. I got a lot of them. So we've heard so much about it. We're very impressed by your work and, and these ideas you have for future projects. What do you actually think is next for you now that um, Dominion is open? Like six months from now, what will you either be in the middle of or what will you have completed? That you can tell us. Yes, right. Hopefully we're still going to be working on what we're doing right now. Okay. That's what I'm hoping, but also evolving it into hopefully mm-hmm. something else. But We'll have to wait and see. I've got a call at the end of the month all about this. So uh, that's my answer. That's where I'll I'll leave it. (laughs) Well, tell us, plug everything that you can plug. Tell us all the websites where people can find you. How can they follow your work? I've got Dino Tracker. I'll put that in the show notes. Tell me everything I can post for you. Uh, So if you want to visit all the viral marketing websites we've done, you'll want masraniglobal.com dinosaurprotectiongroup.com and dinotracker.com they all have like the twitter handles sublinked in them okay. um i recently just rejoined twitter the other day oh cool well yes yesterday so if you want to find me on there it's at chaos Ewans. and then uh on youtube you can find me on my youtube channel pterodome 3000 where'd you get that name um, pterodome means you're trapped in the thing you love so mm. i talk about dinosaurs and Jurassic Park all the time i can't seem to escape it so mm. and, I, and 3000 is a nod to mystery science theater 3000 which is one of my favorite uh, shows from the 90s and i and even mock up that kind of thing because it's all set on a spaceship <laughs> so, yeah is, uh... well most youtube channels i watch people are talking about movies in front of their dvd collections or yeah action yeah. figures and stuff and i was like i want to set mine in space yeah which is why so, on office outside half of it is a normal office and then if you turn around to the side it's it a looks spaceship. like a spaceship yeah background <laughs> cool. is like all mocked up stuff it's just That's a bit amazing. of fun and because i love those type of movies like the alien films and stuff so when people just watch me talk about about it visually you can see i'm a fan just by just looking at mm. the background mm-hmm. um, That's cool. and the creativity is there because i never want to do things normally <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but yeah so i think 
that's yeah that's about it you can find links to everything okay. else from those so well, oh, I have a question for you Ashley yes did, what? You, did you say a patasaurus is your favorite dinosaur am I did I mishear that uh no the brontosaurus or brachiosaurus whichever one there she is there's Gertrude I put her in here she's see, okay. there she is in Paris well you uh so what did you think of Fallen Kingdom where it's on the dock and right okay okay I can tell by your face that Why I should bring that up <laughs> to get to tell her to go on Dino Tracker and go to Finland. Because you she might live? be very happy. You might Did be very live, happy. Jack? Did you do this for me? Did you make her live? Because you know I talked about it in eight in our last You might be very happy. Oh, I'm and if you flushed. like and if you like if you like long neck dinosaurs. I do because I have a long neck. <laughs> but also uh one of the highlighted ones that you'll see is this Tyrannosaurus Rex. You click on that one one of the things we wanted to do with these dino videos i just want to end on this point obviously universal were giving us free reign to make them a lot of things we were like well let's do things that fans have not seen yet so one of the ones i wanted to do was show a long neck dinosaur next to the t-rex because we've never had that before in the films like see because yeah. it shows the scale of how big those long neck uh, mm -hmm. dinosaurs are and i wanted to show a long neck dinosaur fighting back and winning yes Mm. I think you would like that. So nice. enjoy Dino Tracker because it's very <laughs> thumbs up for the long necks on that website. I so love it. Ooh, we so exciting. Gave the long necks a, a run for their money because they've had a bit of a bit of a beating in the last few movies. They really I was like, have. Yeah, I was like, this time it's their time to shine. So yes. yeah, enjoy oh, it. She, if she lived, I'm going to be so happy, Jack. You've made my day. <laughs> Wow, that was amazing. What did you think, Ashley? I think that Jack is truly the best of the Jurassic Park fans. I'm serious. Like, okay. I know I said it a couple of times, but I am so happy for him. He is yeah. living the life that we would all dream of. It, this is just astonishing. Mm -hmm. And I hope, I sincerely hope that, that they read his script. I hope they love his idea. I hope he's able mm -hmm. to make these films. I hope he is the next Colin Trevorrow, Steven Spielberg. I hope he's the person that helms this into the next the next generation. You know, I agree with you because, I mean, we said this, I know, in the interview, but not only is he so technically smart and so knowledgeable about the whole mm -hmm. Jurassic Park world, but on top of that, I was so impressed by how he came across as just a caring person. I yeah. loved how family seemed to be a theme with him. Talk, he yeah. would pick up on some of those nuances within yeah. the films, but then he also, there at the end, when he talked about, he mentioned to us as we were having kind of a conversation at the end about how he loved being able to stay in his home yes. be a dad be a yeah. husband and that he didn't want the LA life loved, right yeah. so that he it's the best of both worlds and I thought you know what this is the perfect person mm -hmm. to to have his dreams come true yes it is so you know what we know who we're gonna cheers well yeah Jack of Jurassic Park fame cheers to you cheers this episode of Scandal Water was executive produced by Candy Thomas that's me and Ashley Raymer Brown that's me it was researched and written by Candy Thomas and edited by Ashley Raymer Brown. All music was written, composed, performed, and mixed by Josh Martin. The artwork was designed by Matt C. Adams, while our website was developed by Joshua Reith. If you like what you hear and you want to help keep the scandal water brewing, please go to our website, scandalwaterpodcast.com. Just click on your podcatcher of choice, then hit follow to subscribe. And while you're there, you might as well leave us a five-star rating and review. And don't forget, it's always more fun when you share your tea with others.
As a reminder, this podcast is purely for entertainment purposes. The thoughts and opinions of the host during each episode of Scandal Water are their own and do not reflect the opinions of any future guests, advertisers, or clearly professional psychologists. Thanks for listening.